Welcome to Mind Music Mastery, a weekly podcast brought to you by Talyard Education. Join us for a series of episodes for every creative to explore the space inside of ourselves as well as outside of ourselves. You are your own champion. You are your own best friend. Thank you for tuning in to our first ever edition of Mind Music Mastery, the podcast. Um, this is really a podcast that was um, the birth of Susanna's story, who's she's going to talk a little bit in a moment. She's going to tell you a bit about her experiences. Um, but it's, it's a podcast for creatives, and we're really interested with this podcast in talking about creativity and really unblocking it and the journey through and perhaps some of the things that you might encounter along the way. Um, so my name is Lucy Massiera. I am the marketing manager at Toyota Education and I have been there for about four years. So around creatives, I am myself an artist, so I can very much draw upon my own experiences when we're talking about unblocking creativity and all the various topics that we hope to discuss with you during the next 30 or so podcasts. I mean, we have 30 lined up already, so I hope you like it and, and more to come from there. Um, so yeah, as a creative, I felt like this was a really important thing to talk about, especially in the current climate right now um, that we're in. As as I sit here with Susanna, we're actually both um, talking through a video portal because um, the COVID-19 happened and we're all just still trying to deal with that really um so that's a bit about me and I'd like to hand over to Susanna just to sort of give you a bit more context to her and, and her journey and her experiences amazing thanks Lucy um hi I'm Susanna Story um what do I do I do a lot of different things I wear a lot of different hats <laughs> um I'm currently the uh, student and staff support manager at Tired Education I also um run my own business with my husband um and we write music together. He's also a web developer. Also, I'm a mum with two kids. <laughs> um, and I also uh, co-manage another artist who's one of Tired London's um, artists as well. So, yeah, lots of different hats. Um, I am a quali- Yeah, I'm also a qualified hypnotherapist <laughs> and studying in psychodynamic uh, counselling. So, yeah, I uh, wear a lot of, lot of different hats. But my passion, the thing I'm really, really passionate about is about wellness and mental health and helping people to discover their true identity and connect with their true selves. Um, and I really, really love doing that in the field of music and entertainment. Um, my background is I spent three years in Los Angeles working on film and TV projects. I've also been a business manager for local government. <laughs> uh, and so I kind of learned a lot of different things along the way. Um, to wear all these different hats but really drill down to what I feel like my purpose is and I feel like my purpose is to help people to discover who they truly are and live out their dreams and live out their purpose and this podcast is one of my personal dreams which I think and I hope will be super helpful to anybody that consider, considers themselves a creative so yeah that's me sorry it's not a short introduction is it <laughs> No, Susanna. I mean, is there anything else that you want to add to that to that very short list of the things that you do? <laughs> I think we should probably dedicate a whole episode to just you talking about how you manage all of those various things. Um, oh, yeah, that's a whole other subject in itself. <laughs> bit, of a, bit of a superwoman, really. I mean, I think, you know, 
it's it's quite common isn't it I think when you work in the creative industries that you do more than one thing because yes. you know it's not exactly I know you do too Lucy so <laughs> it's, it's not, not just me <laughs> yeah you're correct you're correct I do a few things it's it's not always the kind of most stable industry to to rely necessarily on one one revenue stream so um at Toyota Education I actually do have multiple roles you know podcast host all the way through to you know digital analytics all the way through to running somewhere between like 40 and 52 events a year um and currently we're sort of still plugging those all during quarantine they're just all online um so yeah I do I do a few things and outside of that I like to write I like to write poetry I like to perform it when I have some time um so yeah there's there's a lot in there <laughs> maybe I'll dig out some old poems on one of the episodes if I'm feeling brave enough <laughs> yes that is going to be an episode dedicated to poetry in motion mate <laughs> poetry in motion I like it that's such a great podcast name um cool so I guess I'd like to kind of open up the topic for this week um I think we were talking a little bit, you know, outside of the podcast about what it must feel like for, for you know, the, the general population, but but specifically creative people who are currently dealing with quarantine time. You know, you're left with a lot of time to yourself and it might be a space for for trying to refine some parts of yourself. It might be a space for disconnection. It might be a space for trying to rebuild some of those parts of you, some of those parts that maybe you don't have time to engage with when you're so busy. Mm-hmm. Um so you know there's a lot there's a lot going on and I feel like there's a real transition and a bit of a world shift right now of people just kind of doing a bit of searching with themselves so I thought it was really appropriate to um to talk about Lost Connections which is actually a book that you put me onto and I managed to get it read in about two weeks thank you Audible amazing um and it was a journey I mean actually I found a quote from I think it was from Elton John um And it actually says, if you have ever been down or felt lost, this amazing book will change your life. Do yourself a favor and read it now. So from the man himself. um, So, yeah, it was it was incredible. So I'd like to sort of hand over to you, Susanna, to kind of tell us a bit about how you found this book and why you feel like it's important. And then and then I think we should talk a little bit about its topic. Absolutely. Um, So a couple of years ago, maybe it's probably four years ago now. Gosh, time flies. Um, I was working um, at Northamptonshire County Council and in part of my role, I had to train to become a mental health first aider. And I found in training to become a mental health first aider that I had lots of stuff going on in my own mental health. <laughs> um, that And the course actually really, really helped me. Um, shortly after that, I unfortunately suffered two miscarriages and it sent me into a really, really low place, really, really dark place. Um, and what I can only label as um, disconnection. Um, some may label as depression, anxiety. Um, I think it manifests itself in different ways to different people. And I just couldn't get out of bed, didn't want to have to get out of bed. I didn't have the motivation to do anything. I'd literally just only get up to eat and then I'd go back to bed and just felt this real sense of feeling really, really low. Um, and disconnected from the world around me um funnily enough I saw an advert on Instagram as I was scrolling in bed for um this book called Lost Connections and I don't know why but it jumped out at me maybe a little sign from the universe so I clicked on it ended up buying a copy of this book it got delivered and um I literally finished it cover to cover in about a week um I just couldn't put it down um, and 
it literally lifted me out of this really dark place and gave me language for what I was feeling. Um, and yeah, it was a complete game changer to me. So whenever someone asks me, like, if, is there any a book I recommend with regards to mental health or to how they're feeling, whether that's anxiety, whether it's um, panic, whether it's um, feeling, you know, um, lost or a lack of purpose, my first recommendation is Lost Connections because there is so much insight um, in that book. And part of what it talks about is how our modern society has caused us to become disconnected in various different areas. Stuff like meaningful work, disconnected from other people because we spend a lot more time at work or commuting to work. Um, um, people are connecting more online via social media or WhatsApp or text messaging, um, whereas they used to phone each other up or go and meet for a coffee. And although people are still doing that, it's not in the same way. Um, it talks about disconnection from values or trauma that happened to as a child, um, status, all of those kind of things. Basically, the whole spectrum, kind of mind, um, body, soul, spirit, and it was like a complete game changer for me, um, especially with regards to what I felt like my purpose was like for so long. Um, I'd been in a creative field. I worked in America, had this like amazing, like um, kind of burst of energy in my twenties where I was doing loads and loads of creative work in lots of different creative fields. Um, came back to England to, um, to renew my visa and met my now husband. <laughs> ended up moving to Northampton and there was no jobs in the creative sector. Um, so I ended up getting a job that paid the bills. And that's a very real experience for a lot of creatives. Um, they end up doing a lot of work or finding jobs that pay the bills that doesn't necessarily flow from a place of what they feel their purpose is. And so that kind of that book got me on this journey of how do I align what my purpose is, what I feel like I'm supposed to do and align it with the fact that I intrinsically feel wired to be a creative person, whether that is in writing films, writing poetry, songwriting, mu working on music projects. How, how do I align that with this core, this core value of mine, which is I love to see people connect with who they are and live out their dreams like how do I marry those two things and reading that book was a complete game changer because it was a shift for me of I shouldn't just be doing something that pays the bills but I have within me the capability to to create and part of that creating is creating a job a role a persona if you like that I'm able to marry all of these things that really bring my soul to life so it's not just a about paying the bills I can do something that brings my soul to life but enables me to pay the bills at the same time and it's so funny since I started that journey okay I'm just going to focus on the things that bring my heart to life and figure out who I am doors just seem to open for me to to do this thing that I really really love and I ended up kind of falling into the tired education job and that was like, that's part of the dream for me to be in, in and around creatives, supporting them in a mental health capacity, enabling them to really connect with who they are and live out their dreams and what they feel their purpose is. Um, and it 
came off the back of reading this book and it talks about how as a society we've become disconnected from these values and how and what we do to reconnect with those those things to be able to walk out what we feel like we're called to do but also do the practical things that pay the bills have good relationships have fulfilling relationships having have fulfilling work to do and be of service and make a difference in the world wow (laughs) I think yeah I mean that's that's kind of contextualized the book beautifully um I myself um read it listen to it because I really like like audibles audible books I just find them amazing so I can just plug in lay down on my bed I don't know some people some people take in information better that way Um, but I managed to get through it in like a week and a half and and I think I'm still processing the shift because you know for me when it when it starts to talk about the age of social media and how we are losing that kind of real human connection I mean there is no more appropriate time to really be thinking about you know the feeling of sitting with a friend and sharing a space with them than now because now is the time that we're really missing them yeah and I truly started to think about my my memories of being a child you know the book took me back there and and knocking yeah. on the neighbor's door and you know it, you know giving them a bag of sugar because they they were low or or just making them a cup of tea or asking, you know, them to pop over for a little barbecue you've decided to throw together because it's a sunny day. And and there was so much of that. I was very lucky. I grew up in, in the heart of, of South London and we grew up on a street where everyone knew everyone. It was a community. And I've lived in London my entire life and I've moved around a lot. And something shifted for me as I transitioned out of teenagehood to adulthood and I, and I think it's exactly what we're saying I think the way we interacted started to change yeah. and it's hard to put your finger on it straight away and I've obviously been aware of it happening and and yeah and and this book was really just a mirror in a lot of ways um yeah. and so I found it absolutely fascinating and there are so many touch points that I'd like I'd like to talk about but but I'd like to draw back on another thing you just said about you finding your alignment as a as a person who's creative and and the book giving you the space to figure out what that is and and to try and you know get back to your ultimate creative purpose and I think that should always be the thing that makes you happy makes your heart sing makes your soul sing I really do believe that and a book that had that impact on me was um I'm just gonna pop it in here is the artist way um it's yeah, a good one it's a good one and it's a 12-week program and there's, there's kind of quite a lot of writing so it's easy to drop off at some point but but there's there's a line in there when it talks about the 10 principles uh, that sort of says that everyone is inherently creative so I think when we're talking about creative here I'd like to just highlight that I, I believe truly that that is everybody because we all have the power to create because that is that is life life is creation mm-hmm. um so I think I think you know for me that book probably had a similar a similar kind of effect on me as this book had on you, um, but I I completely agree with you. I think when we start to believe that we can open these doors for ourselves, and we when we start to think about things like the law of attraction and gratitude and being grateful for the smaller things, I think that's when kind of energy can reflect back to us and that's when these doors like you said open like now you're able to work with some pretty incredible young creatives and I'll say that myself because I know I know them all um and you know what a gift that is actually to be able to impart the gift of um I'll say wellness and and the ability to be able to offer offer young people a platform to talk about themselves I mean it's 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 so powerful it's so essential as well um I don't think maybe 
I still think we're in a place where mental health and the way we talk about it and the way we think about it could change. I don't think we're there yet. I think we're better with the conversation. I don't know how you feel, but I don't feel like we're fully there with it yet. I think it's definitely an area that's still very much stigmatised. Um, um, it's kind of a bit of a mm, mental health. It's a bit of a buzzword um, for, you know, for quite a negative connotation. Um, and that shouldn't be the case at all, because every single human being on the face of this planet at one point or another either struggles with mental health problems or has a level of um, mental health struggles. Um, and that can be exasperated to the point where um, it can be, you know, really disarming for them and and they need support, or it can be something that really just affects the day to day. It can be on um, a smaller scale or a larger scale. There isn't kind of a one size fits all method of really determining how each person is affected by um, various things. And I, I'd say that as well, part of what really made me realize the shift that has happened over the various cultures is I think our you know our generation is very much called the microwave generation they want everything and they want it now <laughs> you know you can get Amazon next day delivery um you don't have to wait a week for delivery you know except for now when you're in <laughs> Corona where all the deliveries are taking longer and it's like oh hold on a second this is what it used to be like before you could click on a next day delivery, you know. Um, so, so true. You, how annoyed do people get when someone has replied <laughs> to a WhatsApp within the hour and it's like you'd have to wait for a letter, you know, yeah. back back in the day. <laughs> 100%. And I think that's part of connecting with the cycle of growth. And I think that's something the book talks about, touches on, about how actually growth takes time. So, yes, I read that book in, like, 2016, I'm not living out the fullness of what it brought up in me until right now, which is like 2020. Like it didn't happen overnight and growth and life doesn't happen overnight. Um, you know, we can't just stick something in the microwave and it will be cooked. Like when it comes to our lives, there is no microwave big enough to cook us. Basically it's a slow burn. <laughs> um, you know, and it's very much, if you look at, if you look at nature, nature teaches us a lot about, how long it takes uh, for something to grow. You look at a tree, you don't go up to a tree in winter and say, oh, well, you're a waste of space tree. Like, what are you doing? You've got nothing to offer us. Because actually, if you hang, if you sit tight for a little bit, <laughs> give it some rain and some sunshine, before you know it springs upon it and, you, and it's blooming with beautiful flowers and, you know, especially like blossom trees at the moment, it's spring and like there's just blossom everywhere. And like, if you, if you take if you take a tree for what it's worth in, in winter, you'll never see the gold that's in it that you you get to see in spring. And and that's like our own lives. Just because you're in a season of winter doesn't mean that spring's not coming. <laughs> you know, there's time for us to blossom. And, th and it takes time. And discovering yourself and discovering your purpose and discovering alignment um, and reconnecting with who you truly are takes time. Um, but if you're committed to it, and you're committed to the work and you're committed to the journey there's beauty in the journey not just in the end goal 
Yeah, I think I'm so glad you said that, by the way, about the blossom trees, because I have an apple tree that I've been looking after for two years and she, uh, she's just started to blossom. Oh, <laughs> I've, called, I've called her Flo and I'm getting so much joy out of spending my days with her in quarantine. And, you know, the thing about seeds, I've just started to plant vegetables. I've never planted vegetables in my entire life. And I'm now beginning Amazing. to see little seedlings of like peas and tomatoes and um, I'm enjoying the process of that and there's parts of me where I'll run to run to my little greenhouse in the morning and um, I'll see there's not been much progress and I'll get immediately irritated like why do not do I not have a pea yet but then there's, <laughs> then there's like also the moment where I'm watching it grow from a seedling and I really appreciate all the little effort it makes on a daily basis just from you know the nurture of the sun and the water and the soil and the nutrients and the things it needs to grow and you know obviously that takes me to a, a wider question of for us to be able to grow and to be able to find our alignment there needs to be we need to take into consideration the things the things that we need as well um self-care is really important yeah. I know you're an advocate for self-care and we all have our different means of of what that is like for some people it's a long soak in the bath for some people it's a walk through nature um but I think now is a really important time to probably be thinking about those things so what would be you know your your top recommendations for perhaps creatives who are kind of feeling like they may be a little bit constricted at the moment to sort mm. of help maybe reset themselves and and get out of that feeling that's a really really great question um I would say this that there is a seed of greatness in every single human being. But in order for a seed to grow, it needs to be planted in soil, it needs to be watered, and it needs sunlight. So what are the things that water and give sunlight to your soul? What are the things that help you to grow and help you to find your, your peaceful place? <clears throat> um, and that can be lots of different things, and each individual uh, individual is different. Again, I don't think one size fits all. I can tell you what works for me. So for me, I need sleep. <laughs> if I don't sleep well, I get super cranky and cannot function. I need like at least my, seven like hours, no, six hours sleep, I would say, seven hours. <laughs> that's the dream. Um, but six hours I can function on. Less than six hours, I'm not at my best. So for me, a real act of self-care is going to bed early and waking up early. Um, just because I'm most productive in the morning. Those are my like most productive hours, I would say. Um, so, and I think sleep just as a general health and well-being is, is a good one. Um, Self-care for me, I like to take, a, I like to take long baths and listen to audio books or podcasts whilst in the bath. Two birds, one stone. <laughs> um, I really, really, really enjoy it. It brings me to life. I love learning new things. So for me, an act of self-care is to learn about something that I enjoy learning about. Yeah. yeah. Um, in any chance that I get, um, which is usually in the evenings while I'm taking a bath because I do have two kids. So life is full on even after my work day. Um, so, yeah, that would be another act of self-care. That, that would be how I would, if you like, water my seed within myself. Mm. Um and then also another thing for me, which is a real act of self-care, is having really um, close relationships and friendships and really nurturing my um, my loved ones and feeling like I'm 
part of their life and I can be of service to them and vice versa. Having friends that do that for me, I find that really fulfilling. I've had to really take a look at um, my friendships and look at like things that are draining me and things that are, um, are not serving me and friendships where I have displayed codependency and allowed myself to be treated badly or to be treated dishonorably and be like, oh, hold on a second, I need to put some boundaries in place because this isn't feeding my soul. Um, and that looks like having some really open, vulnerable conversations with um, friends, seeing where they're at, where they're at, seeing what they want out of a friendship, what they want to give in a friendship, and seeing where that that falls into place, and that allowing friendships to change and to become fluid and um, interchangeable. So, in some seasons, you might have friends that you're super close with. They may be there for a season. They may not be the lifelong friends. You know, and and that's okay. It can serve its purpose for whatever it needs to in that season. And so, for me, nurturing really healthy relationships is important to me because I see that as an act of self care. It's good for my soul and it's good for my friend's soul, um, and also obviously my relationship with my husband as well. <laughs> so I got, that's the golden one, um, and also with my family. Um, so yeah, that, I would see that as a real act of of self care. Um, I also love going for walks in nature and being around nature mm. also just being anywhere that's green because green is a very balancing color so if you're ever stressed go somewhere green and it's supposed <laughs> to really help rewire your nervous system um and then obviously if I'm in a in a in a moment or in a meeting or in a place where I'm having um, there's an expectation of me to work but I'm feeling my anxiety levels rise or I'm feeling a bit overwhelmed or I'm just not myself as an act of self-care I might take myself off to the loo and do some breathing exercises um, <laughs> to try and calm down my nervous system so that I can always um, I can always function at my best and that means looking after how I'm feeling in any given moment and uh, not necessarily just when I've got quality time to myself um, but in any given moment and sometimes that might be in the middle of a day where I just need to be like oh, I'm just nipping to the loo and having five minutes, even if they think I'm doing a number two, that's okay. Because as long as I can show up and be calm at the meeting, that's more important to me. <laughs> oh, that's amazing. Um, yeah, that reminds me of, you know, one thing I do, um, and I think this is another great coping technique when you need to dip out to the toilet for five minutes before a big old meeting, <laughs> yeah. uh, a bit of tapping. And there are loads of loads of resources and videos online for, for the, the type of tapping that one can do. But honestly, five minutes of that and my body's completely reset. Yeah, um, I yeah, I think another thing that you just said, which just completely kind of resonated with me was, you know, we have a tendency when we're in a situation, I think especially, you know, I can take now for an example. So the fact that we might be just taking on stress from inside our homes, which are, is a smaller space to, to be taking it into when you don't have that freedom of movement. But it can happen in the work environment. It can happen if the yeah. song isn't going right um, is, is, you know, we just take stress on and it's just absorbed into the body and we don't necessarily find a release for it. So I think for me, if I think about the things that I need as a seed to grow, for me, it's working through those those stress points that exist in my body and finding a way to release them, whether it's mm. self-massage, which I'm actually an advocate of, whether yeah. it's um, there's a type of technique where you can release tension in your body animals do it actually I always think of a cat as a really good example when a cat like jumps out of a tree you'll see it kind of do a little shudder 
because it's kind of had a stress point as it's hit the, hit the ground. And actually all animals do it. It's something we don't do. We just allow, I don't know if you've ever felt weight in your shoulders or in your neck. For me, that's just something that you need to find a way to release. Um, and there are various, various ways that I think one can do that. Um, How do you do that? So for me, it's breathing meditations. Um, I've actually become a big, big fan of um, <laughs> sound healing. Um, I have a tuning fork, which I think I bought on eBay for like 20 pounds. So it was really cheap. Um, and you just kind of tune it and you kind of wave it around your body. And the whole idea is the sound, the sound just kind of almost like encapsulates and hugs your entire body and wow. re resets the vibration of it. And if you just do that for 10 minutes every night before you go to bed, you will feel the benefit after a week you really feel the benefit um so there's that i also sometimes like to tap into and especially at the moment there are so many people offering free uh sound healing zoom classes and i've tapped into a couple of those where i just plug in my headphones lay down and it's just a walkthrough guided meditation with kind of quite tribal noises so like drums and things like didgeridoos and and throat singing so these my <laughs> these Amazing. are kind of, yeah these are kind of my my go-tos but but it can be for anyone anything I mean I'm an advocate for like you know apps that that have free meditations and there are so many of them I used to have one called insight timer um which was completely free and there was courses on it as well as um meditations guided non-guided over 10,000 um so I really recommend stuff like that for those that are first trying to understand how to get into meditation but don't know how to switch the mind off sometimes taking some guided steps in is yeah. kind of one one route um yeah. and actually going back to the book um because the book itself when he talks about lost connections he and he's talking about depression obviously he talks a lot about the drug industry and how we we plug into antidepressants as a way of coping with stress and with anxiety rather than looking at our circumstances and, and yeah. all the reasons and all the things in our lives that maybe are not quite working which have kind of put us into the situations that we're in um and i think this is i've completely lost my train of thought <laughs> i want to pick up on your train of thought because actually that's made that sparked a thought in me okay, um, I see you really brilliant. Say something so that was a deliberate handover <laughs> amazing that. thanks for the handover I'll, I'll take the baton on um <laughs> yeah just kind of off the back of what you said I think um you know uh, that he was talking a lot in the book about how the pharmaceutical companies have built this whole kind of industry around um providing a cure but not looking at prevention and actually, like for me, one of the things that I find really useful with regards to um, looking after my mental health, but also checking in and seeing what is it um, in my life right now that may be causing me to feel a certain way. Um, and I find prayer and reflection really, really useful for this. Um, so the end of the day before well, I usually get into bed. I will journal and my journals will be a variety of reflections. Like, like how did my day go today? What's been bugging me? How, how am I feeling today? Um, and literally sitting and having a conversation with myself. Um, and there might have been things that might have triggered me during the day or things that I might have found upsetting. And I'll sit there and I'll process it and be like, well, 
how how am I perceiving this? Um, and one of the things that's kind of been really eye-opening for me is that we often view our lives through the lens, with the perspective, through the lens of our trauma. So if we've gone through something, we've had something upsetting um, in our lives, um, whether that's broken relationships, whether that's the loss of a loved one, whatever that can be, if that pain is is unprocessed, we will view everything in our lives through this lens. And it's not until you start a practice of reflection that you're able to see, hold on, what kind of lens am I wearing? Am I looking at this through the lens of love or am I looking at this through the lens of fear? Um, and so much of our trauma is driven by fear, fear of avoiding pain, um, fear of feeling pain, sorry. Um, and our goal is to avoid pain. They, he talks a lot about that in the book about us growing up in a society where we're taught to avoid pain rather than use pain as a signpost for something that's going on within us. Um and so, yeah, I, I kind of use that as a time to reflect. If there's things that I'm struggling with personally, I will write out affirmations mm. um, and prayers. I'm, I'm an and, advocate for affirmations yeah. as well. They really, really help me. I've got them all over my mirrors. I find it's a good place when I'm looking at myself. Love that. I, I talk to myself as I'm saying them. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that because so much of so much of how we view our lives is through our own narrative and our own narrative isn't always reality. Um, especially if we have unprocessed pain and trauma. Um, and so whilst, you know, um, whilst the pharmaceutical companies and whilst antidepressants offer a solution, they don't offer necessarily the solution to an individual's problems that are that have started before it's got to that point where they need a cure for it. Mm. Um, and sometimes that's on us to, to take the time to reflect to journal whatever whatever works for you some people like to record voice memos to themselves in their phone um <laughs> i know a lot of artists that like to get all their song ideas and whatnot <laughs> and sing it into their voice memos they can do voice memos of self-reflection um but yeah that's that's a really that's a really great way and that's what works for me with regards to reflecting on like what what's causing me issues right now um and what can I do? What's within my power within myself to be able to change that conversation and or change that narrative that's in my mind and that's in my viewpoint? Yeah, 100 um, percent. I'll swing this background because I've, I've kind of come back to remembering what I was going to talk about. So amazing. I'm going to take the band back. Um, but as as we're talking about about depression and as we're talking about this this state of mind and this this kind of really weighted word which i i feel like we should just shouldn't be it should be something that we should be so open to talking about yeah 100%. Um, yeah where wearing that hat I'll, i've had my own experiences as well which maybe I'll, I'll draw upon if not today you're in for a treat there'll be at some point uh, <laughs> you'll get to hear about tune in it. next time <laughs> oh, yeah, you, you, know, you want to hear all about it <laughs> um but he talks he talks about meditation in the book i think it's kind of in one of the later chapters i can't quite remember which one and they sort of you know what's so interesting intriguing about this book is the amount that they kind of um deal with science as well as dealing with um you know emotion emotion exactly so he mm. actually draws upon statistics so it's almost like you can't really argue with what you're listening to or what you're reading yeah. um <clears throat> but the fact that that people who have pra been practicing meditation and especially things like loving kind meditation how they were able to see their entire world change around them their outlook changed everything yeah. changed and he he drove 
he obviously touched upon the fact that some psychedelic drugs can take you there almost immediately, but they're unsustainable because one cannot and should not because they're illegal. Uh, yes. <laughs> take those. <laughs> but but people that are kind of meditators that make the actual effort to do it regularly against those that had these kind of life-changing experiences on hallucinogenics, they, mm. they both ended up at the same destination. And I, I just found that really, really fascinating. And, and what it gave them is a complete loss of ego, um, which is something that I think we can, we can all battle with. Um, mm. And I just, I just found that, I just found that really, really fascinating. The complete loss, the complete loss of ego, just to be able to strip everything away and just look at what is, um, yeah. And I think when you're able to start working, really working at that level and start stripping away those barriers, which is honestly something I deal with on a daily basis, especially in the music industry, there is a lot of that. Mm. Um, so it's hard to not have to use your ego to match it. You really have to find a grounded place and a balance. Um, so, yeah. So meditation as a prescription should really be <laughs> handed out first and foremost for you know in my opinion before before we start handing people people drugs where the the effects can actually be worse you know the um the after effects as it were is that the yeah. word for it yeah yeah um, after effects yeah can actually be yeah. worse because long-term effects being people don't always necessarily know um what these drugs do always also it doesn't necessarily deal with the cause either no, no it doesn't um Actually, picking up on that, the, another thing that was really interesting in this book was how um, how they measure depression. There's a questionnaire that all doctors have that they read out. And, it, and oh part of what they found in the scientific research was that people that had gone through grief, so they'd lost a child or lost a loved one, um, wh whatever um, their loss was or um, they were going through grief, um, it had the same markers of that, of depression. So people were being misdiagnosed with depression and prescribed antidepressants when actually they were grieving. Mm. And what they needed to do was go have guidance around how to walk through the grief process. Um, and that wasn't being afforded to them. And it kind of, it was really interesting how as a society, it's almost become easier to just throw drugs at someone rather than sit and unpack how they're actually feeling. Mm. Um, and again, why I really want us to break down this this phobia of the world of mental health, mm. because actually it's just part of the human experience. It's part of being human, is, mm. is going through the variety of emotions, joy, love, but also fear and pain. And anger. And, and just, anger. Yeah, I find anger yeah. can sometimes be actually quite an empowering and liberating emotion. Yeah. Um, so of, I think it's... But that's a separate podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. I think, I think it's probably an important disclaimer to say, you know, and he does talk about this in the book as well. Yeah. If they are helping you and if you do need them for, you know, if you feel like you have been prescribed them and you are using them for a temporary time to just get through something that you feel like you really need that assistance with then I think that's perfectly yeah. okay but yeah looking looking long term I think it's just important to say that I mean yeah 100%. I myself I myself have have been on I think three different types of antidepressants and this is when I was in my late teens to early 20s and my understanding of mental health was was, was much much slimmer than it is now but that's been part of my own personal journey um but but what you just said about about prescribing antidepressants for people that have gone through grief, I I can draw upon my own like you know point point of reference here was 
I had a, an experience of grief with my, my brother two years ago. He passed away with, um, with an addiction um, problem his entire body shut down and mm. I went to <laughs> um I'm so sorry yeah you know I think it's important that we we talk mm. about these things and and I think from every I I feel blessed to have known him and I feel like I've learned so much from the whole experience and I'm I'm glad I felt everything that I did feel when going through it and didn't take the pills that I was offered because I was offered mm. pills and mm. I filled out that you know questionnaire that the doctor gives you when you're sitting in a GP surgery and some of the questions were so whack I'm just gonna say it like yeah it's really, <laughs> you can't really sometimes tell somebody on a scale from one to ten how how you know, suicidal I am or how depressed I am it just doesn't really work like that you can't quantify depression it's virtually impossible but what I was going through was grief yeah. and yeah it was it was it was intriguing and um I, I learned so much along the way but but what I learned the most was using using all of those things that I'd experienced as a strength and using that as a point of creativity so I developed a series of poems around it which were very hard to write but they were as they were the most liberating pieces of text I've ever I've ever put to paper and they're amazing by the way FYI So, so if much. you're listening, tune in soon when they get released. Go buy yourself a copy of that book. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually currently dealing with um, an illustrator to work on that. So I will be talking about that at some point. Um, thank you, Susanna. Um, I sent them to her. She was one of the first people I sent them to. And that was before we really knew each other very well. I was like, tell me if these are good. <laughs> They're amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, so really just just through through self-learning and self-understanding and being in a position before where I'd been prescribed these things and and looking at that and kind of saying to myself, okay, that didn't work for me before. I'm not doing that again. I don't want that feeling of numbness. What I need to do is just process the best way I can and get over it. So drawing you know, inspiration and comfort from the books like the ones we're talking about today, um, Lost Connections and working with myself in a creative way and actually eventually finally getting a good therapist who was able to talk to me about all the feelings that were going on in my head. All of those things were the things that I needed to help. And there was no there was no straight line to it. It was just trying things and just seeing what helps but also being strong and sticking with it and that was really important and there were days when I just couldn't and there were days where I just could and that that was totally fine as well I'm sure we're all probably having days through this where we just can't and that's okay to be able to permit yourself that just to be kind to be your own best friend and go you totally deserve a day in bed if you feel like this is overwhelming because my goodness it is (laughs) you know (laughs) it really is um on that subject, actually, one of my coping mechanisms for this crazy lockdown time has been doing yoga. Oh, wow. I love yoga. yoga. Yeah. Been a complete game changer for me starting to do yoga more regularly. Oh, feeling the stretches in all parts of your body. I mean, I still hate downward facing dog. At no point <laughs> has that ever been a resting pose for me. <laughs> but I feel so good when I've been doing it and my whole back opens up. And Pigeon pose. That's my favorite. <laughs> oh, my God. So those of you that do or don't know yoga, pigeon pose is when you compress an entire thigh underneath yourself and squawk like a pigeon. Um, I'm pretty Amazing. sure that's why they call it that. <laughs> But after a while, it starts to feel good. <laughs> oh so good yeah yoga's yoga's another fantastic way I think to um to spend time with yourself because you have to deal with your breathing and it helps to slow everything down and that's something that I used a lot as well Um, yeah and still go back to when I feel like I need it 
Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, there's so much here, Susanna. We can talk for days, couldn't we? Me and you. Yes, we can. We can just keep going. How much time? How much time do you all have, no, I'm <laughs> Well, I think it's a three-hour podcast. <laughs> we did say thirty minutes, and we're already sleeping over. over. But you know what? Just think of it as a really extended tea break. Yeah. Um, Plus, I did take fifteen minutes to introduce myself. So. <laughs> yeah, you did. Just. <laughs> we don't worry. We won't make Susanna do that again. That was. <laughs> <laughs> but what we will do is hyperlink all of Susanna's information in the podcast bio, so you can all find it. How about that? Every episode, yeah. <laughs> Although I did enjoy it. And sometimes it's nice oh, to thanks. hear back all of the things that you do because sometimes <laughs> we don't pat ourselves on the back enough for it. Um, I'd like to take away from this podcast because I think I think there's a lot there and I think there's more that we'll explore as we as we start to kind of delve deeper into the topics of mental health and mm. um journeying through through the creative self. What's What's one um, thing you, you want to sort of mention or take away in terms of another part of the book, Lost Connections, that really stood out to you as being, you know, as you said, a game changer? What's one more thing you'd like to share just, just as we leave leave the podcast? Um, I think connect, reconnecting with yourself and reconnecting with your values will dramatically change the way that you see your life. And we can often um, disconnect from other people because of our own um, values or lack of values. Sometimes we're not taught what values to have. Um, There's a section in the book that talks about materialism. And actually, the more that we pursue materialism, which is like having the best shoes, (laughs) or, or the latest sports car or the biggest house, can sometimes overwhelm our desires to the point where that's all that we desire in life. And then you get those things and you realise that you're left wanting, whereas actually intrinsically in every single human being is the desire to feel valued, um, the, the desire to feel known, um, and the desire to to make a difference in the world around us and to be of service to someone other than ourselves. Um, and I would say that would, that would be the biggest takeaway, like where do you need to feel valued? Where do you need to feel seen and how can you do that for others? That's be those would be my biggest takeaways and in and that can be in any walk of life that you're in, in any field of um of work in any capacity. Um and that would be like to really find yourself, find find out what your values are and um and live by them because they will drive your identity, they will drive your purpose. Um, and they will give you what true fulfillment you desire. Wow, I think that's an amazing takeaway. I don't think I have anything to really add to that. <laughs> I think I think Susanna just dropped the mic on me. <laughs> Guess that's a bit awkward. No, I'm joking. <laughs> um, I think I think one thing I just I just like to say is, um, you know, I hope you found you, those of you listening this podcast of some service to you, and that you're you're taking something away from this I think I just like to say you know in any situation um you are never alone and this whole book talks about this you know we are we are we are connected we need we need each other we do and I think now is the time to reach out and really 
accept that that we're being taught something through this time and, and just to not be afraid to be vulnerable. Um, so I think, you know, that's kind of my takeaway. But I just wanted to say that to all of you that are listening here today, that um, that you are not alone. And um, yes. yes, and just you never are as much as one might think um so i hope that you did enjoy today uh we have been <laughs> um mind music mastery um we have been lucy and susanna and yeah i've i've had a great time so i hope you guys do tune in to next week so we will be um releasing one of these a week and you will be able to find us on pretty much all streaming platforms um so do Amazing. tune in yeah absolutely and if you are interested in developing yourselves musically then do head along to tired education find out what we're all about um we'll, we'll leave the link as well in the bio and do feel free to as well just have a little check out on on um some of the cool stuff that we're up to there are other podcasts there are cool events um we are always around as well to be of service. So yeah, do do check that out. And um, yeah, this has been wonderful. I'm looking forward to being back next week. Amazing, you too. Yes. Yeah, Till next time. Until then, thank you guys. Um we'll we'll speak soon. Bye. <laughs> Bye.